0: That's really much all I got because like most of the team is um <laughs> they're expiring right like yeah or not expiring like they have team options so I don't really know like if the Knicks decide to pick up everyone then I feel like then we have to have this conversation like next season around the trade deadline like what do you trade the you know Payton and Portis's expiring contract for so I don't really know what's going to happen so it's kind of hard to do that and I'm not going to be like trade. Damien Dotson, I think, is expiring. It's like, you can't... I don't feel like trading Knox makes sense now because he's at his lowest value. Like, no one's going to want him. Same with Dennis Smith. I don't think they should trade Frank. Definitely not trade RJ and not trade um, Mitch. So, like, (laughs) who do they really have to trade? So, it's just like, I I, I don't see a point.
1: Is there still a a case to be made that the stupid idiot Timberwolves might look at Julius Randle?
2: I don't think so. Uh, They seem pretty hell-bent on, like, their... We're gonna everybody's gonna shoot threes and like fucking cat's gonna put the five and oh I, I yeah, I can't see them I mean, then again, I, I find everything they've done to be incredibly like stupid for the most part. Um, even though it's like they're getting younger. It just feels like I don't know man. If you're all in on D-Lo and Cat, like how smart are you? I don't know. Um, I mean they they do have James Johnson sitting around who's, who's Well, I was talented. that's actually one of my suggested trades is Okay, just, let's uh, get in let's get let's into do um to your trades. Yep. Let's go. So, like just take James Johnson for the Brooklyn pick this year. Hmm. Yeah, I'd down, have, I'm I would down for that. Uh so he has another year left on his deal, but like they're gonna be paying. So they have D'Lo on a max. They got Cat on a max. They're probably <laughs> gonna have to, they're gonna pay Malik Beasley this summer, who's like one of the free agents who should have a market because he's really good. Um, and that. Well, there. they also he kind of yeah. hurt themselves yeah. in a
1: way, like, yeah. by trading for him because his value was. You know, you might have been able to snag him on a twelve to fifteen million dollar a year offer sheet or something. Like,
2: see that, that the thing is they don't have cap. They didn't have cap space, so like they just have to yeah. make trades. So, like, yeah, they, yes, that's true. Yeah, they just have to make trades. So, I get that. But like, yeah. So they have they have to pay him. They'll have to pay Wancho. And the thing is, like, if in other scenarios, I might view all this and be like, well, maybe they'll just let Wancho walk. Maybe like you know. But like, they don't have options to replace these guys, right? Like, they they just, and yeah,
0: like, they don't really have that much depth unless they think yeah. like Spellman or Vanderbilt are gonna be better than like uh, Hernan Gomez. And I don't really see that
2: yeah. happening and, and easily. As they need. <laughs> And presumably Spellman's a five. And like right. it I it just seems like they're like they traded for Beasley and Wancho because they view them as pieces that fit with like how they want to play and next to the guys that they are, you know, trying to build around. So like they're gonna be basically at the luxury talks at that point. Um most likely or close to it, and that's not even accounting for like they're gonna have a lottery pick this year right so that's like a good actual salary that's not like you know bullshit like two three million that's probably like five six seven we're depending on where it lands a real salary um and they have a worse record than the knicks so like you know what the fuck like they they have a better chance of getting the number one pick than we do um so yeah like they, it's gonna be a high salary and I just like, do they really have the where the financial like capability here to take the Brooklyn pick in also, or is it better and keep James Johnson on the books, which will definitely put them in luxury tax? Like,
0: mm-hmm, cause I could just be st- making over fifteen million.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just, I just can't see it. So, like, I think you just look at them like, hey, we'll take that shitty contract in, just give us the pick. Like, that's a good. That's it's not even that shitty good contract. It's just like the situation is they need to get rid of it. Um. So that would be, I think that's like a no-brainer trade for the Knicks. Um, another one, similar idea. Uh, so trade um, Julius Randle for Nikola Batum. And uh, that saves the Hornets $7 million for this season. Batum is expiring, so... That's well, fine. Both showed, so well they showed they showed interest in Randall at the deadline. Like they were genuinely interested in him, and that was for a Terry Rozier swap. But like, in this scenario, they're getting Randall for a player that they was literally out of the rotation, not playing anymore. Uh, so maybe you do that, and then they give you like they got a second round pick from Cleveland this year. Um, they have multiple seconds next year from Brooklyn and the Clippers. They have all their seconds starting in 2022. They have their first, obviously. I just think like, if you can get, you know, the Cleveland second rounder and a future, like there are 2022 second rounder and tw- like something like that, you should just do that deal. You're not losing anything. And you're actually like freeing up your cap. Cause Randall has 4 million guaranteed to him in, um, <clears throat> 21, 22. So, you're actually freeing up that space even if you're eating seven million off the top this year. Um, so I would do that trade. I don't know, and you can just wave Batum or have him hang around and like help RJ perfect his French or something. Uh, I would keep
1: him for, for Frank's comfort level too. I, yeah, that's that's, fine. that's like a no, legitimate I just, thing.
0: I, I, I like I think him being like a French tutor makes a lot more sense. I would pay was he making like thirty five billion dollars? <laughs> I mean, thirty five billion, don't? yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I, I'd pay thirty nine billion for him to uh to be a French tutor for the team. That's fine.
1: Yeah, he's I, I to play. He the sucks. The whole team speaking French. The Knicks have a whole new advantage. You know, Frank and RJ okay. talk about how they can speak French and nobody can understand them. Just get the whole team speaking French, and then we'll exactly
0: that's why you just bring Batum in just for that. Yeah. He sucks. You don't really want him playing. He's he's awful
2: now. <laughs> he's really bad. Um, yeah, but like he's that's really bad now. That's that's a trade I would do. Um, in terms of like actual good players, the Knicks could get. I think we touched on this in the last one, but Kelly Oubre, uh, making 15, he's making actually his salary is descending. So he makes 14.4 next year. Um, apparently the Suns are interested in getting off that salary because (laughs) Sarver, um, and he probably is even more desperate to get off it now. Um, so I don't
1: know. His salary? I they literally just signed him to. I love some NBA owners; they're so hilarious.
0: Uh, <laughs> so... Those are idiots. I would get give... Uber would be another person who like fits really well
2: yeah, with this team. Think... And
0: if we're just gonna take him on, like, okay, great. We just added like another good player.
2: Yeah, I, I think maybe you'd have to give up something for him. But then, then again, like they also just literally gave TJ Warren up and attached a second round pick to do that. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like, I I get what they're doing. Like, I I get that they're trying to be good because and that that's fine like I I understand it because they've just been actively shitty for so long that like at some point you got to be like okay look we have Devin Booker he's good let's try to be good for a little bit
1: and do you think do you think that the world would implode if the two handsomest players in the NBA ended up on the same team with Uber and Frank
2: Yes,
0: I think so. I don't think anyone would care because it's the Knicks, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, we might just... No, but we, I'm saying, like, the singularity might open up and we might just get sucked in and the world would end because... <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah, I would neither.
2: either. <laughs> uh, so that would be one. And then, like, the other one, uh, so the, the two that are, like, actual trades and not just, like, of course we would do that. Um, so Knicks decline basically everybody... Um, to open up space they talk to Chicago they do uh eat Otto Porter Jr. salary for next year and take in. give up uh the Clippers pick and give up the 23 Dallas pick um I think that I think that would I think they could swing that if Dallas is, or if Chicago's stupid enough, I think you can swing that, and I think you should do that.
0: What would you do then with Randall in that case? Would you still try to do the Batum trade
2: in that scenario? I then I just hang. I mean, you probably could. You could even do like if you opt if you use Reggie Bullock's opt in, you can attach that 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 gives you enough salary or Ellington's opt in. If you
0: if right, you, just my only concern with that as much as like that sounds great in a vacuum which is just more like so. What do you do with Randall then? right cuz he's making all that money like i would if chicago wants a player in return would you maybe throw No him the, in the,
2: the entire game. value for chicago is getting off of money
0: because right, yeah. they're right, at
2: 106 is, is, next year is already Porter a longer contract than Randall No he's expiring oh okay. he's a big, a big number He's like 28 and 28 and a half next year I mean it's a player chicago... option but he didn't play okay. this year <laughs> so i'm assuming he's going to into that and also he's never going to see money like that ever again um so yeah i mean the so like the appeal for chicago is so originally when i was toying around with this i was like what do they want to get out of zach levine because like they're not that good and he has but his his salary he's only at 19 and a half next year and he's on 19 and a half year after that and he's like been good and I, and I looked at like all of his advanced metrics and I'm not like a huge advanced metrics person, but like really there's nothing there to tell you that he is moving a baseline significantly. Um, so I just don't think it's worth it. And I feel like there'll be a team that looks at him and is actually willing to give up an asset for him. So like it doesn't make sense to trade him and Mark in together. Whereas in this scenario, they get way i mean they they basically avoid any chance of like paying tax um they free up to base 2, two basically 20 and a half million plus marketing salary which is like 6.7 so they save about 34 and a half this year million dollars mm-hmm. uh they get two first round picks obviously not, neither of them are high first um uh, still first though they're first they can sell that to their fan base um I don't know. I think that's like I I don't. I think that's like within the realm of possibility. Mostly because Reinsdorf has proven time and again that he's like a cheap ass piece of shit.
0: I would love that trade if the Bulls are going to be that much of like you know penny pinching at that sort of level. Because like Porter, when healthy, is like a solid player. He fits with the, like same thing. Kind of like he fits with everyone on the roster.
2: And he'll be he's, gone, whatever. Like
0: yeah, know. then he'll be gone the next year. Like I'm <laughs> saying, like if he's healthy him being on the team for the one year isn't like oh my god how is he gonna fit with everyone right and like
2: and like the knicks have they've so this, they've like it's been reported several times they have interest in bringing harkless back like you don't need to bring harkless back in that scenario right because otto Mm -hmm. porter is harkless essentially like he's your harkless replacement and he's a way better fit than harkless because like you said like he can shoot he's an easier fit next to like your young core of players
1: yeah, and um, you could like you could like if you get rid of Randall, then you could legitimately go small and have Porter at the four or something like that.
2: Like, you don't even well, need to you would, small. You can play. You, like, you can play normal. You can just go, you can just go point
1: guard. Um, or, yeah, Mark, yeah, marketing. Yeah, is Porter, be, marketing, Mitch, and just go from there. But like for for stretches, you could put Porter out there as your four. Yeah.
2: yeah, and and the big and the big thing is you're still keeping your lot your your high lottery pick this year, mm-hmm. uh, so like, you know. I don't know. Maybe like depending on where the pick falls, because you wouldn't do this trade until like, you know, after the lottery, right? The draft lottery. Right. So, you know, let's say the Knicks have the fourth pick and the Bulls end up at seven. Like, would Would you you, pick swap? Would you do the pick pick swap swap and save like the Dallas pick? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. there's things you can do here that I think appeal to Chicago. And the Knicks are like uniquely positioned, I think, to eat salary and also like have th- like that the market and fit is just so obvious that I I think there's a, there, there to me like if you just look around the NBA like Markin is obviously a very appealing player for a lot of teams for a variety of reasons, but I really look around the NBA and like I think he really makes sense for the Knicks in a way that he doesn't necessarily make sense and like in a way for other teams um and and also to the point where like the knicks have assets to play with that maybe other teams don't have that would be interested in marketing um so i, I don't I think, know i think and only I, I think okc has, has the assets for, we haven't made uh, a trade we haven't made a trade with the bulls in like three years like we got to make a trade with the bulls you know have to they have lot.
0: to. It's been a tradition for since yeah. <laughs> since Eddie Curry. <laughs> 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 like you got you got to trade with the Bulls. Um, yeah. I would love that. I, I'm obsessed with Mark and as a fit with the Knicks. I, he just makes too much sense. And like thinking of the only other teams that could use him or even have the assets to move around, it's just like Oklahoma City would be the only other team I could think of. Because, I mean, you could technically say the um, the what's it called? What the the horn not the Hornets. What are they called again? Down in uh, New Orleans, the Pelicans. There we Alleyans. go. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Like those are like the only two te- other two teams that actually have.
2: But the Pelicans are weird because they like I I know what you're saying, but then like they also have Jackson Hayes. Like I don't think that like if we assume that the Ingram thing is like a long shot, they're gonna have Ingram. They have Zion. Like.
0: Oh yeah, no. What I'm saying is the only other two teams with assets that could actually yeah, get yeah, in yeah. are those two teams. The Pelicans yeah. don't really make that much sense. And OKC, OKC makes
2: sense, but he like they have a type. Like their type is always like these athletic freaks. Like they they like love physical tr- like they love physical tools. Like they're always about like physical tools and length and wingspan. Like you if you look at all their picks and their acquisitions and like they always value physical tools over um, skills. And like I, I don't I don't want to make it sound like you get what I mean though. Like they. Mm-hmm always err on the side of if it's a if it's two even players but the difference is that one is a superior athlete but the other is more skilled they will go with the athlete and then yeah, they like, will like
0: G- yeah Golinari was more of a anomaly for them because they, they well, he, yeah, I mean, he, he was yeah he was there also,
2: yeah he was there because they were like well if we're gonna trade Pell George like we need some salary and yeah that's fine Balanari. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so like I yeah I, I think that I don't know, like, I'm willing to, like, hear why that wouldn't appeal. But, like, I, I really feel like Chicago is stupid and cheap. And, like, that's a combination that the Knicks have been stupid and not cheap. So, like, if the Knicks can just be smart for, like, five seconds and not cheap, it's the perfect trade partners. Like, They're literally the perfect trade partners.
0: Yeah, I, I can't—the only thing would be is if the Bulls are actually— High on Lowry, like, right? They're high on marketing and they're going to fire Boylan and redo the uh, the coaching staff. Like, that would be the only, are they? no, I'm saying that would be the only oh. hiccup in that scenario would be the Bulls smarten up and realize, oh, actually, we shouldn't trade <laughs> Lowry marketing and we shouldn't keep um, Boylan as the coach. That so would like, be the only hiccup I could think so of.
2: From the reporting, it, it, it sounds like the Bulls are going to do a very fake, like, restructuring. Similar to like what the Knicks have done in the past, that's what it seems like in the front Is office. Going to be
0: a part of the board of trustees.
2: Well, no, it's <laughs> it's like they're firing um, Gar, so it will no longer be Gar Packs. It'll just be Packs. Uh, wow, that's
0: that's must be comforting for both fans.
2: <laughs> so like he's gone, but like he apparently hasn't had any power anyway in like the last year. So it's more like a cosmetic thing, right? Uh, and. Takson would stay, but they're not sure in what capacity. And like Boylan is still like hang- I. It just feels like a situation where if like I feel like marketing could go to them and be like, "Look, like I've been here for three years. I hate it here. Like, please find a trade for me." And I don't think they care about Otto Porter because like they had a pretty decent plan for this year, which just went tits up real quick. Mm-hmm. But like, okay, I, like they're not Otto Porter is an expiring contract. Maybe they want to keep him long-term. I doubt it, but, like, okay. So you're giving up to, like, a guy that by all reports doesn't want to be there as young and as talented as he is who hasn't been used properly. Um, We know now that if players ask for trades, they immediately get them no matter what. Otto Porter, who is just an expensive nothing for them – and they gave up nothing to get Porter, to be fair. Like, they gave up Jabari Parker and Portis.
1: Yeah. Okay,
2: so they gave up nothing to get him. <laughs> um, and okay. So you turned that into okay, look, you it sucks that you traded Butler and It was a centerpiece and it hasn't worked out, but like, you're getting two first out of it or maybe a pick swap, whatever it is that you end up settling on. And you get rid of like all the salary. So you have a bunch of space and maybe you can add some pieces this summer. When nobody else has space, right? Like the exact thing that the Knicks, we're saying, like that works for the Knicks. Like the Knicks are basically giving up that that opportunity to the to the Bulls. Right? Like, hey, we will take your shitty salary from Arkinin and give you a couple of late firsts. You guys can have this money and like do whatever you want this summer. And so, you know like, what
1: the you know what the Bulls could do with all that cap space? They could sign. They could take, no, they could take on. <laughs> You know, they could take on deals for picks like those right. stupid Knicks never did last year you know? <laughs> with those million deals that are always available every offseason. They could right. uh, they could take in players into their space for picks and then they'd be set for life. Yeah,
0: maybe Just they like could take Sean on...
1: Marks and the genius Nets. Yeah, maybe they
0: could take on Iguodala and he can just hold them hostage again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they can great. they can trade him for longer term salary, which is. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that was one. And then, like, the other one, which I'm a little less concerned about after, like, doing some research and just looking into it and also fit, but, like, I'm still very intrigued, would be, like, let's say the pick ends up at five or later. Just trade it straight up for Marvin Bagley.
1: Mm. I'd be into that. You know I'd be into that.
2: Eh, Yeah, I don't know know if I'm into that. So, like, I looked up his which I've never before done in my entire life because, like, I looked at both his on-off. I've watched him play quite a bit because I'm, like, low-key into the Kings. Um, but, like, he he has, like, obvious... Ex- like, he has elite physical attributes in terms of quickness at his position, leaping ability at his position. Uh, his rebounding is very legit. Like, his inside finishing is really, really good. <clears throat> So he does have um, elite skills, but, like, he's not a particularly good shooter yet, even though it's weird because his stroke, like, if you just watch him shoot, like, his shot looks good. Um, You know, it's smooth, but he hasn't shown great proficiency either at the free throw line or from three-point range so far in his career. Um, He's had a lot of injuries, so he's only played 75 games now. Uh, and assuming the rest of the season is canceled, like he'll, he basically played about fifty percent of available games uh, for his career, and that's a, and he had foot issues this year. So that's he's twenty years old. Um, that's concerning. It's like not a super efficient scorer. Um, 56, 55 true shooting for his career. This year was a little weird because again, like he, he was hurt, so he'd come back from injury. wasn't right. So that kind of sinks it. But even last year, he's healthy. He's a 56 true shooting guy. Um, And that's with, like, really good finishing at the rim. Uh, 69% last year, nice. Uh, 68% this year at the rim, not so nice. Close to being nice. Um, Like, it's... I don't know. But, you know, then I also look at it, and, like, I think if he's another guy, like, him as a prospect, like, if he was entering in this year's draft... I think he'd be the number one pick.
1: Yeah. So there's a good chance based off his college numbers. If he would have stayed at Duke for two more years, I guess, or like in an alternate universe where he didn't redeclare and he went to Duke last year and then decided to play this year for some reason, it was coming out as a sophomore.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just look at it and I'm like, you know as a prospect the yes it sucks that for them that they picked him over luca and over Jaron jackson junior and like all this stuff but i don't like i feel like that kind of baggage is the reason why he cannot it'll never work out for him with sacramento you know what i mean like that mm-hmm. that's always going to be the narrative as long as he's there it's always going cuz you you see it on fucking twitter i see it on twitter anytime luca does something like the seven Kings fans that exist on Twitter are always like, "Oh, Kings could have had Luca, but you know, instead we got fucking Marvin Bagley." And it's just like, like that's always it doesn't. Marvin Bagley can put up twenty and ten, and it's never going to be as impactful as what Luca does. Like, it's not that's not a knock on Bagley, but it would take some like insane outlier, like super outlier squared growth for him to
1: to compete. the the reality is, is he's just the Sam to Lucas Jordan, basically. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, there's no there's no way around it, even if he he's turns not even into the hakim player.
2: He's not yeah. even the hakim <laughs> No,
1: because because yeah, because Aiton was the Hakeem, but not nearly as good, obviously. Jaron Jackson. But like,
0: okay. No, Jaron Jackson's going to be the Hakeem in this scenario.
1: I guess, except for he was I mean, you need to it needs to be someone taken ahead of him. You know he what was I mean? taken ahead yeah. of
2: him. No, 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 I mean, he was no. technically
1: Hakeem was taken ahead of Jordan, you know what I mean, Hakeem was the number one pick in that draft
2: Oh, so... yeah, right, because Luca was technically still the third pick
1: Correct. Right. Yeah, Correct. yeah, exactly, Luca was the third pick, so, like, that's why I'm saying, like, Bagley's well,
2: like the... Well, like I said, it's technically, because
0: they did the trade for Trey Young, so Trey Young was, you know And Cam uh, Reddish And Cam Reddish, so they were kind of, like, de facto <laughs> third pick So, like, you can just distort the reality to make Jaron Jackson the Hakeem, but anyway, go ahead
1: Go ahead. But yeah, and even Bowie, like Bowie even had a somewhat decent career, but he just wasn't freaking Michael Jordan, but um
2: <laughs> or yeah. Lundin,
0: yeah, no, or I'll that. be honest, I completely forgot Marvin Bagley was in that draft, so I wasn't even considering like that sort of like narrative around the Luca thing. I, I don't like reducing it just in terms of shooting, but I just see it as is he going to, who, if you do, do that, that type of trade, who between he and Mitch is going to learn how to shoot a, tw- a wide-open 20-foot jumper and can it like a he's decent like, amount of time.
2: So he is, he is elite attribute Randall, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's like Randall, if you gave Randall elite size for positions. a four, elite, yeah, if you turned up his sliders, this fit, like, like agility, quickness, jumping ability, all that shit. If you turn that up, like, that's what Bagley is. Um, is that the ideal fit for Mitchell Robinson and RJ Barrett? No, it's not but like you have to take risks right and like I know like like I, I don't know why people like a draft pick is still a risk right like like right. holding on to your draft picks doesn't mean you're not being like like you're not taking risk like no no that's its own risk it might be a lower level of risk but it's still risk like your risk in this scenario is that Bagley is hurt and isn't a good fit with what you have and um like you're also losing two years of team control. Those aren't like I'm not trying to diminish that, but if you look at this, like people are talking about, like people are acting like they'd be fucking thrilled if the Knicks drafted Obi Toppin. Get the fuck out of my face with that! You'd be no, so something. happy if the Knicks drafted Obi Toppin. I'll tell you
0: right now, I don't know who Obi Toppin is. He has an awful name. And He's older I would than be...
2: Marvin Bagley by two years. No,
0: I would say I don't <laughs> want anyone named Obi Toppin
2: on
1: the Knicks. I mean, he sounds like the a name <laughs> is phenomenal.
2: The name is phenomenal. I don't. The want name think. is
1: cool. Yeah,
2: but no, like, so like cool. he's he's two years older than Bagley and he's been OK, relatively quote unquote balling at Dayton in like whatever fucking conference Dayton plays in. Where in is Dayton,
1: West, so, so, Drew, Ohio. real quick, if I may, just to answer your question about who's going to learn how to shoot that 20 footer Bagley Bagley and, and it's small sample size, but um, he has made. It, according to basketball reference i just looked it up cuz i was curious uh according to them his 16 foot to 3 pointer numbers the last 2 years which mm-hmm. granted it's extremely small sample size cuz he's only played whatever like not even a full season worth of games yet between the 2 years but he is at 27 out of 60 over his first 2 years in the league is <laughs> from the mid range
0: yeah. so i mean yeah that's that's a that's a good number i would like it to be closer to 50 just for you know, math reasons, but no, that's, that's good. It just, I just don't want to, since, you know, I am the first and foremost draft expert of the, <laughs> of the three of us. <laughs> and I know I don't want to trade the rights to Killian Hayes, who I just found out, I think is actually from France, even though he plays in Germany.
2: No, no, he's from Florida. He moved oh, to Florida. when he
0: young. Okay. so what? he's still French though. Is that he's fair He's French American. Okay. So like, I,
2: He has so, a French he, accent.
0: Right. So I, he needs to be on the Knicks because for obvious reasons. And I need, is its is it TJ Halliburton, AJ Alliburton, Halliburton, Halliburton? Oh, Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton. I need Jesus him Christ. on the, uh, the <laughs> Knicks as well. I just need someone. TJ, with AJ, that RJ Halliburton. Yeah, I just need someone with that level of, you know, connections in the Middle East for defense contracting. I need that guy on the Knicks. So, like, I don't want to trade the rights for those two guys, for Marvin Bagley. Now, if it was for, like, trading the rights to LaMelo Ball, or Ob Toppin, or...
2: But that's what I'm saying. Like, you, I don't I, know I, who
0: else is in are the draft besides those four if, guys. If,
2: if, so, if yes,
0: then you do the trade, because if, I'd rather take Marvin Bagley.
2: Uh, my my assumption here is if you're drafting at, like, five or later... I don't care about Halliburton, by the way. I I don't think that he is... He's a good player. He's a really I think he's the best pro. player in the draft. I don't care what you think. Um, <laughs> like, I think that he is a lot of things, but what he is not is a lead ball handler, and, like, I don't care. I, I'm sorry. I, people compare him to Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and I think that's such a stupid comparison because Gilgis-Alexander was, like, way more way more fluid as a shot creator. Um, just, like, th- like, not the same player at all. Not the same player at all um i liked haliburn a lot would
1: you like to would you like to revisit for drew's expert draft analysis uh there was an episode of locked on nicks last year where i brought him on i forget what the premise even was as far as draft was concerned but drew comes on being like i know shit about this draft class but i'll talk about it for a minute anyway and Mm -hmm. i brought him on and i was like we were going through the list of prospects and i'm like yeah bruno fernando he's like bruno fernando who the fuck is that? I've never even heard of that guy. I've That's a
2: terrible name. Nick
1: should You're never draft
0: him. Is he in the
2: league? Yes, yeah, he's, he's on the, the Hawks. Hawks. The Hawks have actually tough. been okay. Um, yeah, I just, like, I don't care about this ra- Like I I actively would prefer to not have a pick in this draft if it yields like a good pro or something. Like, like if there was some scenario where we could trade this pick for Bradley Beal, I would just be like, yep, okay, no, I I'm not even think sweet- about it.
1: Three guys that I would for sure – well, not for sure, but that I would, like, have some pause about giving up the opportunity to draft um, in favor of of getting Bagley back, and it would be Lamello, uh, I, I would say Edwards, and um, – I'm going to butcher his name again, but De- Denny Avdija, or however you say his name um, – from israel you
2: gotta, you gotta you gotta ask spencer only spencer
1: yeah he probably and knows john
2: but and like and marty they only they know how to pronounce it
1: john like is <laughs> in i oh, was in shulman i thought you were gonna say Macri. i was like Macri doesn't know how to pronounce the Knicks.
2: and player. seth and seth so, Seth knows how to pronounce it too
1: <laughs> yeah Macri doesn't even know how to pronounce trier three years in
2: <laughs> so <laughs> well
1: no he's gonna
0: oh. he's gonna firmly say that he's pronouncing it the right way because he had his mom on
2: trier yeah.
1: Yeah, he always oh, says Trier, like French it's Trier, dude, it's trier. Um, <laughs> but anyway, those three guys are the only three guys that would give me pause, like I actually think there's legitimate star potential with those three, but it is it is murky, like Edwards is a super elite athlete, but there's questions about his ability to shoot the three, if you um, if you told me
2: Bagley would be healthy for the next five years, I will take the odds that he has a better career than Edwards or of DJ or whatever, however you pronounce it. I'm yeah. like, the only guy in this draft, if you're just talking about, and I was not a Bagley person at the draft, and like, but like, if, if you're just talking about like star potential or upside and all that shit, like, the only guy in this draft that you're telling, that I would be like, if you told me everybody comes out to like their 99th percentile outcome, right? The only player in this draft that I think has a higher ceiling than him is lamello that's it
1: yeah lamello is... lamello looks like he could legitimately like at worst lamello seems like he's going to be tall ricky rubio at, at absolute worst i think
2: well rubio was like a he's like actually really good on defense so yeah. well uh, but here, i think that,
1: i think lamello once you get him nba coaching and stop having these coaches that fuck around and let you know him just do whatever he wants i think it, i mean you have to consider he's
2: oh you mean like like dennis Smith jr like that's exactly how it happened
1: yeah, I mean, you have to you have to consider that <laughs> Lamelo is like he's the same he's almost to the day the same age as Knox was when he entered the draft. Like Lamelo
0: shoots the ball like I used to shoot the ball in middle school still, and he's potentially going into the NBA draft. Like
2: I can't get over the shot. That's really lit. like I, it, it's so stupid, but like it is honestly that's all it boils down to for me. His shot I is like,
1: wild, and his footwork is insanely weird. Like I don't know
2: like, if who shoots like that, man? Like
1: yeah. I'm weak cool as hell.
2: I'm weak is, as hell, so, and I, I I shoot more normally than that.
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess like the thing with his release that doesn't worry me too. Like I'm more worried about his footwork when he shoots because it seems like his feet just like octopus out and land wherever they want when he's shooting. But like the main, I don't worry so much about that weird like trebuchet freaking motion that he does because the one big advantage that he has is that he's six foot seven, and most of the guys guarding him are going to be like six foot three. So he can have that weird, you know, cockback low release point. If yeah, that
0: really worked know, for Sean Marion. Smaller. Yeah,
2: yeah it did work like, though for Sean Marion. No, it <laughs> didn't. It That's didn't <laughs> the point. <laughs> that's not the, that's the worst. That's not the guy you pick to make that point.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. Why would you? Why would you pick Sean Marion as a bad thing? Sean Marion was like a great three point shooter. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but he's still not going to be, like, he wasn't never someone who just, like, pulled up and shot over someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the,
2: the pull-up shooting stuff is worrisome with Lon. Like, it's the same thing with Lonzo. Like, I love Lonzo, and I'm happy. I'm actually, I'm really happy for him that he's, like, apparently learned how to shoot and is doing really well in New Orleans. But, like, I mean, he can't, like, he still is not, like, this fucking shot creator, right? Like, he's shooting well, and he's averaging 12 points per game. Right, like, let's be realistic about what he's doing here. Like, he's basically hitting more, and and able to like like take more catch and shoot threes. That's really what's happening. Um, it's not like he's improved his pull up shooting or three level scoring or at the rim finishing. Like, he is what he is, and it's stupid to be like they're brothers. So like they're the same. But I, but I think but the, the concern difference is that... of like, can he create his own? Like, will he ever be comfortable just like pulling up from sixteen feet off the dribble? I don't know. I don't think so. Like I it just doesn't look like it to me. And I I don't know. Like that that is a big ceiling capper. Like if if this is why I didn't like Lonzo in that draft as much as other people. I had him like sixth or seventh on my board. I have to look. But like, you know, everyone else had him two or three and like, you know, in retrospect everyone's like, Oh Lonzo No, like at the time everybody was like Lonzo is at worst the second best point guard in the draft because funnily enough, everybody at the time agreed that Mark Vols was the best point guard in the draft. Um, So, like, I just, like, to me, like, if I'm taking a point guard that high or a primary ball handler that high, then I really need to feel comfortable with, like, their ability and, like, their ability to just be a three-level scorer. And I am really worried about Lonzo's ability to forget the efficiency, forget the efficiency even part of it. Like, but I'm really worried about his comfort as a three-level scorer and... I don't know, man. Uh, it's I, I, I'm, I'm definitely on the, of the opinion that he has the highest ceiling, but I think the floor and just like the overall risk is a lot higher than other people think.
1: I think my pushback to that is that
2: you love him and that. Yeah. you Yeah. now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I think my pushback is that I think Lomelo's dribbling ability is way higher than Lonzo's ever was like, I think his ability to create off the dribble is way higher. So, like, I don't know if he'll ever be super comfortable from mid-range, which is definitely an issue. Like, you need to have that fluid mid-range jumper, I think, to be, like, truly elite. But I think that he'll be able to pull from three with enough consistency. And then once he starts, like, once he bulks out just a little bit and stops shying away from contact on the inside, I think he could be a force as far as getting where he wants to on offense, you know, with his dribbling ability and then either being able to finish or being able to make flashy passes to find people to finish once he gets inside or kicking out three point shooters, whatever. Like I think his ability to break down a defense should be pretty, pretty readily available. You know, maybe not the second that he gets in the league. Like maybe he'll run into some issues like every point guard does when they get into the league. But I, I think that his dribbling ability, I mean, I watched like, there's not a ton of videos i mean there's like a decent amount of stuff out there on him but the the one that i liked i watched the espn one for mike schmitz and some of the some of the stuff that he busts out is just insane um you know his his ball handling ability and and control with the ball in his hands is just it's something else i think compared to lonzo or to a lot of players you know uh, of his size, especially considering he's like six foot seven. I mean, he's he's like RJ Barrett sized or Frank milikina sized. And I mean, as fluid as Frank's handle has gotten lately, it's it's not even close to LaMelo. I mean, LaMelo's like N1 mixtape level shit um, with the way that he's able to move the ball around. So I I, I think that's the differentiator to me with him, not to turn this into like a draft show and peppering my amateur ass analysis in here. But, um, That's that's what I like about him. I mean, that's where I see potential superstar there. And, you know, if he can figure out his shot in a way like Lonzo figured out his shot, then maybe we're looking at someone who could be like an actual maybe not number like a one star on a team, but could certainly be the guy to set everybody up and who can who can make, you know, if he could start hitting 37% of three pointers or something in the NBA,
2: he's shooting 25%. Three.
1: Oh, I know. I know it's, <laughs> it's, it's lofty. Like it's lofty, but I think there's like pretty easily correctable stuff with his form. Like making sure that his feet stop like flailing everywhere. Every time he shoots the ball, it's really strange.
2: So like, like, when like he watches so when you're like talking about fixing somebody's form, it's like, you're not going to make every improvement right it's like like if you have 10 things to fix it's likely if you even if you make six or seven of those adjustments that's probably above average yeah like that's my concern with him it's like there's so much fucking wrong with his shot yeah
1: i i think you could do it all waist down pretty much though and like because like I'm
0: really not that worried about waist down right now the waist up is
1: Pretty no, bad too. but if you, but if you look at like, um, I think it was in Spencer's scouting report when I was reading through that, uh, which I'll plug it, Spencer, you know, Spencer Perlman, Stepian, you know, go on there and check that out. But I think it was in his report when I was reading that, you know, his upper body movement, like as janky as a shot is, it actually has pretty good form. Like, you know, like as far as consistency goes like he actually shows a pretty good amount of consistency with his his upper body when he shoots but his lower body is just like all over the place like he he sometimes is like you know he's almost looks like he's shooting like a fadeaway the way that his feet like kind of kick out like he kicks them forward sometimes sometimes he kicks them back sometimes like one leg is forward and one leg is back like he's off balance and there's no reason for it it's like he he just you know Decides he wants to shoot and can't take the half second to, you know, set his feet properly and take a proper upward jump shot. But if he starts getting better lift, you know, from his legs when he's shooting too, then he's, his point of release is going to be higher, which negates some of that, that weird, you know, bullshit with the, you know, what he does with his arms up top. But, you know, if you can start developing consistency there and having it so that he's shooting from the same point on the floor, you know what I mean? Like, He just he needs to stop shooting where he's like landing a couple inches backwards or a couple inches forwards or whatever, because that at an NBA level, you know, professional basketball level where you're landing within a couple inches makes a huge difference because that's a couple inches of difference for the ball when it's trying to go in. And I I think that would be a a helpful thing for him, you know, in the league. But I, I again, this is like totally amateur shot doctor bullshit for me, who's like, you know, not uh, not a shot doctor, not a shot doctor. But I mean, that's just my analysis on it. I, I think just because of his height, he'll be able to get away with having that kind of weird upper body release against smaller defenders. But he really needs to work on that lower body like consistency because his legs are just a freaking mess.
0: You know, I watched one college basketball game this year.
1: I didn't watch them anymore, if we're being completely honest. I didn't, watched. I, I, I watched one March Madness in the worst way, and then it didn't come. So,
0: you know, I watched <laughs> one. It was a, a Georgia game. And that's who that Anthony Edwards uh, guy is on. Yeah, he was, Anthony he was, like, Edwards guy. He was like, just stopped playing at some points during yeah. the uh, during the game. Yeah, he, and he was just he like settling that. for like some threes. I was like, oh, I thought this guy was supposed to be like super athletic and just dominant. He was just like, eh, I'm just going to jack up a three every now and then if I decide to go for the ball. Like, yeah, He I mean, needs he wasn't a that
2: coach. Impressive. He needs a really good coach. Because he has like halves like that and then he'll have halves where he looks like fucking... Tracy McGrady or some shit so um, and like not Nick's Tracy McGrady like actually good Tracy McGrady
1: yeah didn't he score like 35 points in the second half in one game like earlier in the season like he went went bonkers in the second half of one game he does stuff
2: like that all the time it's the most annoying thing to watch him play because that's kind of concerning though yeah so speaking of concerning are you concerned about James Dolan nope (laughs) (laughs)
0: it's sixty-five billion dollars he probably has the vaccine already
2: yeah i'm not concerned because i'm just like he's not gonna die because he's rich and that's how this shit works um i thought it was really like i'm i get it like i get that a lot of it was just like tongue-in-cheek jokes but like i don't know i thought the the reaction to it was really weird especially because it was like right on the heels of him like actually kind of I don't want, I, oh God, I hate, like, like, oh, he did the right thing. Like, okay, like, you but, know, he just he paid people. He like did the
0: right thing, thing. The thing, thing, the right
2: thing but it's like, he's a, like, he should do that. You know what I mean? Of like, course, yes. I'm not, I'm not trying to like lionize the guy for it, but like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, if you, I don't feel any type of way about it. I'll put it that way. Like, I don't want him to die. I'm not rooting for him to die. <laughs> <laughs> like, <I'm> not, <laughs> uh, I don't think that this is like that even i don't really think it's even like that serious for him um i'm not talking about the disease in general obviously but like you know from what i read it seems that he had some minor symptoms self-quarantined and is now asymptomatic but is still Mm self-quarantining and like yeah i I don't really see this as a huge story to be honest. Like it's a story. I get it. Like I obviously have to report it. Um, and it matters, but you know, the people that, Hey, if you're, if you're ecstatic because you think James Dolan might die. Sure, man. Uh,
1: Got some news for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, that's, that's it. That's all I gotta, that's all I gotta say about that.
0: Yeah. That's pretty much kind of where I am. It's just like, okay. Right. Like, <laughs> and, like what are you gonna do like i'm not gonna sit here and like this this isn't like mike pence or donald trump or the head of the kkk or whatever who's the that uh even who's the mark guy? Cuban. no is anyone mark cuban um or the guy who runs the uh the nra like maybe oh, those guys if they had it and they you know magically disappeared i'll phrase it that way <laughs> from because of the disease i'd be fine with it but anyone else like i'm not i'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go that far like it's just he's just a basketball owner who's super petty and annoying, like I get it, but like but I don't he think he's
2: usually pretty good about you know, like I mean, for all his shit, most of the people that like I've uh, from my understanding, like employee wise, like he usually treats people pretty well um in in terms of like pay and you know, in these kind of situations, where right? That's why, I,
0: right, exactly. That's why I'm just kind of like, I'm not going to go that far. Like, he has it, that sucks, but like, I'm just ecstatic that a billionaire is doing the right thing. Maybe not ecstatic, but like, it's just nice to see that a billionaire whose mindset usually isn't in that I need to help out people, he's doing it. And it's just like, yeah. you know what? Thank, like, at least he's doing the right thing. So I'm not going to, so I'm going to extend some sort of like empathy towards him for having the virus and doing also the right thing by self quarantining because there's assholes out there who <laughs> probably are you know symptomatic and just they're like oh no i'm still gonna go outside and go to work and go do these things it's like no man just yeah. stay home Like, <laughs> like alex. that's yeah like yeah i wouldn't be surprised if alex has it and it's just coughing on people
1: yeah i i make a point to um cough on everything at the grocery store when i go um,
0: <laughs> just I,
1: i'm not feeling symptomatic but just in case i have it i want to make sure yeah
2: yeah, Alex's mindset is if that's, everyone that's has a early... joke. By the way, he's not being serious. <laughs> yeah, no. I... <laughs> <laughs> Are you know Are sure?
1: you sure I'm not being serious? No, I'm kidding. I yeah, I'm, I'm obviously not being serious. Yeah, I, I think anybody who's listening. To this would understand that's not the case, but uh, <laughs> I would hope so.
0: <laughs> All right, so we've been doing this for actually quite a while now. I'm surprised we actually got this much content out of this out of this topic for we the podcast. Two-part. So this may be a two parter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big. So Alex, what do you want to plug?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I'll just plug all my usual crap. Um, I'm on Twitter at the Alex Wolf, um, posting and toasting at PT Knicks blog. I'm sure everybody listening to this already knows that. But if you, if you're not already, if you're just a podcast listener and you haven't watched, we've been doing Twitch streams of every one of the remaining Knicks games. Um, so any night that there would have been a Knicks game, uh, John Shulman and I play it, and then uh, various other PNT knuckleheads like Schwinn and James Marcita. Last night, boot him for a little bit will pop in and uh, help "quote unquote" commentate, aka call me names and try to make me lose. <laughs> um, then there's Locked On Knicks. Uh, we're still putting out. Three to four-ish shows a week. We're not quite daily right now because there's not quite as much to talk about. But uh, check us out at Locked On Knicks on Twitter or wherever you stream podcasts. And then I've been doing stuff for Knicks Sports Illustrated, still writing kind of off-season based stuff. Um, I think in the next couple of days, or maybe today, since it's coming out on Monday, uh, I have a piece about I'm doing a keeper cut series where I'm breaking down every one of the players that the Knicks could. Extend options on or resign, deciding if they should do it or not. Um, and then also, I just did a mock draft one where we uh, had to run one tanka-thon sim each. I had the Knicks move up to three, and spoiler, alert, I had them take Lamelo Ball, uh, my favorite player of all time. So, yeah, that's coming Mello. out uh, in the next day or two. But yeah, that's all my stuff. Oh, and that's other, at, other than that's Carmelo. My... What's that? Yeah, other than Carmelo? Yeah, the two Mellows. Yeah, my two Mellows. Uh, they're my favorite. <laughs>
0: Did you? Uh, was, wasn't there another player named Mello from like Brazil that died?
1: Fab. Mello. Yeah, Fab. Fab Melo. There yeah. we go. Did he? He got? Did he? Like get murdered or something? Wasn't that a thing? No. No. <laughs> no. That was no. Um, I don't know somebody. Schwinn. Are you what sure? Are you how did he die? How did he die though?
0: We're, we're not He's... going
2: into Fab Melo now. Schwinn. What do you want to plug? <laughs> i don't know how he died uh i want to plug something i don't know i'm supposed to i'm like supposed to do this retro recap thing that i just haven't done because i've just been like not doing anything other than nothing so yeah
1: okay all right wait wait okay this is this is sketchy god fab Mello was absolutely murdered look Melo died from natural causes on February 11th, 2017, at the age of 26. He was pronounced dead at home in Juiz de Fora Minas Gerais, Brazil. Sources state that he went to bed and was discovered dead the following morning by his mother. That was not natural causes. He was poisoned. That's, like,
2: the least up. conspiratorial. He had, like, he was fat as hell and had, like, all, a bunch of heart problems and shit Dude, or, what or something. What are you talking no. about?
1: No. No. He was he – was, poisoned and whatever
2: yeah, I, I look forward to your twitter thread on this um yeah. I'm to, I'm to, at some point this week i i'm going to i'm going to get this recap out it's going to happen
0: okay that's good um i want to plug that we do not endorse the conspiracies of alex wolf <laughs> in the fab mellow death <laughs> we do not endorse that at all and i don't know maybe i'll write something posting and toasting. i don't know just you know there's nothing really going on so just pretty much doing nothing so, it's kind of hard to just be like, oh, I want to do this. Um, everyone, wash your hands, stay inside, and... Um, always salt the pasta water. And always salt the pasta pop- water. We'll <laughs> 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 see you next week.